I love I love it when people commit like yeah. that. Commit. 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 Let's think on that. Right. Commit sounds like a Mormon kid's name. This is my son Commit. Check and mate. It's the Doom to Fail podcast. My name is Tim Dobbs. With me, as ever, through the internet, it's Catherine Kogart. Hey, Tim. The queen of the podcast. The queen? Yeah. Which makes you the king? Um, I don't know. So this, know. let's let's get right into See, this. This is awkward. Yeah. I don't like that. Now I feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> you could be like the bishop if I could be the queen. <laughs> uh, I thought we didn't we decide that we were bishops in each other's lives. That's what we said. Yes, yeah. On the chessboards of of one another's lives, <laughs> we are the ch- we are the bishop. I think that's great. I, that's one of my favorite descriptions for uh, what a good friend can be. Oh, you're the bishop. Absolutely. Yeah. You're helpful, but you're not like the key. <laughs> Super helpful, but you're off doing your own thing. Yeah. Like, I don't need you, like, next to me all the time. <laughs> but I can rely on you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To move diagonally. As opposed to the rook, which is, like, a false kind of friend. Where, or not, like, false, but it's just, like, they're a false bishop. A little hooky. A little hook-nosed. <laughs> or, like, I don't know where this I is going. Know. I'm getting into ugly stereotypes here. Yeah. But um, that don't where, really where you sense. equate hook with, like, shady or somehow, like. So are you thinking of knights yeah. because they move in an L pattern? Yeah, because they move in an L. Okay, yeah. I was talking about rooks, who are the castles on the oh. sides. Because yeah, well, the thing about there. rooks is they seem like they're powerful, and they, they, they seem like they could fill a similar role as the bishop, but they're so sure. hard to get out of the corner and be useful, <laughs> which is Very why they hard. are a false bishop. I feel bishop. like the rook is your friend who you really admire, you love spending time with each other, but you just you just don't get together enough. Yeah, and, and you've had some really amazing experiences with them. And like, like yeah. I, in all honesty, your life is, is changed for the better because of the rook. But yeah. at the same time, like, it's just not... It doesn't jibe as a lifestyle, you know? Like, I don't just hang out with this person all the time. We are not yeah. best friends, you know? Yeah. 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 And I guess the knight is the your friend who always bails on you. <laughs> it's all over the place. <laughs> you're kind of flake friend because you're like, well, I don't know where you're going. <laughs> how, does, how does your moves even work? <laughs> and you have this weird preternatural ability to, like, jump over and around people to get out of parties and stuff. He was just here. That's the monkey. That's, that's your, your monkey friend. <laughs> Well, you got to make friends with the friend is the night. I mean, I believe in friends with uh, primates of all kinds, shapes and sizes, uh, sure. genuses and species. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You don't exclude someone just because they're not a human. That's stupid. Some of my best friends are macaques. <laughs> now I have an awkward question for you. Okay. This, okay. Who Who in your life is a pawn? Who in my life is a pawn? Aren't pawns like all those sort of... Um, Oh, you know, people you, I feel like pawns are people you see often, but just like, aren't that close with. So your acquaintances? Yeah. But like, I think probably you could just describe what an acquaintance was, right? Well, but the difference is like, there are people who you don't see very much and, um, and you're not that close with, like, you know, you see them at a party once every six months or a year or whatever, mm-hmm. and you say hi and you chat and it's nice. Um, but like, that's kind of that. And no one's looking to change that. Uh, yeah. I feel like they're not on the board. Uh, the pawns, though, are kind of like they are key. They're they're an important part of your life. Um, right. But you know, it's like it's okay. Like um, your coworkers. Mm-hmm. 
I think boss. co-workers, uh, yeah, and, and people who you feel positively about and, and really have the capacity to help each other. But uh, yeah. at the same time, you're, you, you haven't built a framework uh, around that relationship where you're saying, like, you know, we are intimate or, you know, we, we share our greatest secrets or, you know, anything like that. It's not there. Um, our greatest secrets. Greatest secrets. <laughs> where the diamonds are hid. Uh, oh, what's your greatest secret? My greatest secret. <laughs> Um, I built a chest, a wooden chest, uh, when I was, I don't know, 12 or something like that. And it has a oh, series. Oh, it's a great secret. Yeah. And it has a series of hidden compartments in it, but I'll never tell where they are. Oh, wait. I thought you really built a chest when you were 12. Now I'm disappointed. Wait, no, I did. I did. It really. You I, did for I, real? Yeah. And secret I, compartments? I built in secret compartments. Okay. Help. When you said secret compartments, I was like, oh, he didn't really do that. That's beyond Tim. <laughs> That's beyond Tim. <laughs> Shows you what I think about you. Uh, thanks a lot. Your woodworking skills. So this is the Doom to Fail podcast, and uh, today we're talking about chess. Yes. We're trying a new in media res. Style. Did we not mention that? Yeah. Hello, chess. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oh, chess has a weird voice. <laughs> Hi there. I'm chess. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Oh, we weren't talking about you, chess. Uh, no, we were just talking about uh, you know checkers or something. <laughs> Parcheesi. Okay, bye. All right, bye, bye, Chess. We love you. Uh, <laughs> that's how Chess walks. Such a heavy footfall. Can't he just learn to lighten that up a little? No. Uh, chess, no. Chess can't lighten up. That's Chess's problem. Chess can't lighten up. All right, so it's the name of my first book. I think that's a pretty good, uh, like, alternative rock album too. Oh yeah. Uh, Catherine Coger like and the Cogs in the Machines. No, Catherine Coger and the Cogs in the Machines. Yes. Um, oh, the Cogs in the Machines. <laughs> and their first album, Chess Can't Lighten Up. <laughs> Is that like a family band? So uh, we're all named Coger? Yeah, I don't know. What What do your parents play? Uh, tambourine okay. and uh, drums. Drums, nice. So, we're very percussive people. <laughs> it's true. Okay, so uh, what... What do you want to start with here? We could talk about the weird ways chess pieces move, or we could talk about the fact that chess can't lighten up. You know, I think we could talk about both simultaneously. Okay. I have, uh, uh, here's my proposal. Go ahead. Can we talk about the en passant real quick here? Uh, yeah, let's hit up uh, en passant. That was foreshadowing right. from last week's episode where we... For- it Two was. weeks ago, actually. <laughs> oh, hey, should we mention that this is a part of a greater series? Oh, yeah. God, there's so much front matter to this one. Uh, so much. This is why we stuck it in the middle here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so this is part of our greater series, Chess, part one of a series on things we feel like we're supposed to get a lot out of and uh, are supposedly this sort of like great source of wisdom. Um, but Or enrichment or, or enrichment. spiritual enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And we're not sure we're getting anything out of them. <laughs> we're sorry. Uh, so, yeah, it's called, uh, what What was, Traditions? Eh, is the name of yeah. this. Or just Traditions? Series. Lots of question marks. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll come up with a more consistent name later. <laughs> Naming. We'll put that on the list of things we don't, uh, we're not sure we're getting something out of. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's that's where to start, is chess is uh, maybe something we're not sure we're getting as much out of as uh, the great scholars say we ought to. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess the nexus of that is the en passant rule, which is a way, it's a means in which um, a pawn can take another pawn. So we have to back all the way up because chess can't lighten up. Uh, so pawns can move one space forward, right? Yes. Or, or... Or they can attack diagonally right or or 
if it's their very first move of the game, they can move two spaces forward. Now, let us suppose a situation in which one pawn is very close to the other pawn's starting position. And if the second pawn was to move one space, it would be able to be attacked by the first pawn, right? Okay, so I think you left out one part. Okay. So let's say I am uh, playing on the white side. Yeah. I move one pawn two spaces forward. Uh-huh. There's a pawn like in either adjacent column to me on mm-hmm. the black side, and that moves one space forward. Yes. So then I can move. Um, yes. Then let's say after that, I move one space forward. Mm-hmm. And then that black pawn that was an adjacent column can take me by kind of moving diagonally in front of me. Because at that point, we are lined up when we're right next to each other at that point. Yeah. The old pawn shuffle. That is the only way en passant works. Yeah. It works if um, if if the pawn had moved one space and you could have taken it then, but then it moved two spaces, you can still move it, take where it should have been had it moved one space, but only right after the turn in which it moved two spaces. True. Yo, you know, what's up with this? This is a messed this up is rule. One of, this is one of the more um, more recent rules in France, or in not in France, <laughs> in chess history, um, occurring sometime between 1200 and 1600. Holy cow. <laughs> yes. Isn't that insane? That is insane. So, do you know why they implemented it? This why? is crazy to me. It is to nerf the recent change that pawns can move two spaces forward. Oh, I see. Original nerfing. <laughs> They're like, it's it's totally OP. We can't let them do this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, so, I mean, so the chess to me seems like it is, it reminds me of baseball, which is your favorite topic. Um, but it, it's, we have a, a, a series of games in our culture in which uh, these are not purpose-built games, right? They are games that slowly evolved over time. And so kind of they hang together as rules but it's sort of obvious that this game evolved very slowly from people who weren't thinking about the larger picture this isn't um you know settlers of Catan, where it's like okay here is how the game is played and we set it all out it's more just like i don't know we can move some pieces around look it's a horse and then as time progressed all the way to 12 to 1600 uh ad um we were like and we could add this uh but then we should probably add this and I feel like it's it's a little labyrinth of rules, which is one reason it's so impenetrable. Yeah, no, it's really complicated. Um, and I've have you ever used an en passant? No, not in a game. No, me neither. Ever? No, yeah. ever. Huh. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's too complicated to use. It's it's a very infield fly rule. Like, yeah, um, yeah, just like all these rules that like yeah, it comes up every once in a while. We should probably have a rule for that. It's 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 a patch, right? It's a patch on a system that didn't quite work. It's t- a patch that's exactly what it is We're just, eh, let's put oh. some duct tape on that rule flaw i'm i'm so glad that that we've come up with a modern context to describe why the on facade exists <laughs> uh, yeah okay well let's maybe it would do well for us to uh think back into uh try to think in more ancient terms in order to get something out of this game maybe i don't know yeah okay but uh let's try to do that when we come back in a moment on the team to fail podcast and we're back on the doom to fail podcast talking about chess 
reaching back to the 6th century BC in India, I think, where uh, this mm-hmm. thing probably uh, developed. Right? Yeah. I think that's what yeah. I read. Um, yeah. That's what I saw uh, in my <laughs> Immortal Travels. <laughs> see, see last week's <laughs> episode on Immortals. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes. And I guess it was just kind of like, uh, it was based on like um, four different types of military units. Or maybe it wasn't based, but it was like, that's kind of how it was named. It was like cavalry, infantry, um, I don't know, magic users. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how military works. I just <laughs> like Dungeons and Dragons references. <laughs> I guess the bishop is your magic user. Is that what you're saying? That's where I'm getting towards. <laughs> and uh, uh, artillery. I think, I think that's what rooks are kind of supposed to be is artillery. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with bishops. I don't think they're supposed to be magic users. I think maybe they're supposed to be diplomacy. Uh, maybe diplomacy is you come at it diagonally. Yeah, you don't come at it straight on. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? We're just guessing here. Yeah. Um, um, and then so it, it seems like it evolved there through uh, Arabic traders bringing it around the world. Uh, it sounded like they just probably just kind of like brought little pieces and stuff as ornaments, which is, makes sense. They're cool ornaments. Um, mm-hmm. And then eventually it turned into the whole game and it evolved over the centuries. After how many trips? Like, uh, what is that? Like um, 16 trips or I guess like 32 trips. They brought back one, oh, every one piece. piece. <laughs> that must have been really bad because at first they were like, let's bring uh, the knight. The knight's pretty cool. It's like a horse. That's cool. And then they're like, how about and the it's queen? it's not like a huge intrusion on the chessboard. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just kind of around. But then they got to like the last uh, 16 trips and they were like, well, all we have left is pawns. They're not going to be that impressed with pawns. I know, but just tell them it goes with the other ones. <laughs> at this point, well, I mean, at that point, they're hooked on the, cl- on, like, the collection high. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, got to catch the next pawn. Right, exactly. Suddenly you're no, buying all the rookie uh, cards. Yeah, it's one of those tap games at that point. <laughs> tap games? What are you? You know, the, the games that you, it's like... Uh, freemium games that you just tap things and then you get stuff but then you can buy yeah no i'm with okay i I get it you know what i mean yeah (laughs) come on you know come on it's a it's a detestable type of app you know what i mean yeah no i'm with it or all those things you know what that is that's the equivalent to you ever play those games where it's like it's um almost like a little uh aquarium or like cylinder filled with water and there's a little jet of air at the bottom that you can shoot with a button by pressing a button Mm-hmm. And you're trying to like get a ring that's floating in there to fall over a hook or something. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, oh, it's the same thing, but without a freemium model. <laughs> yeah. Get in there. Get in there. Come on. <laughs> they forgot to monetize that. <laughs> that's yes. That was the great flaw of the pre-internet age. <laughs> they didn't even monetize it. What was the point? <laughs> I don't know oh, why you're doing man. this. <laughs> man, I hate myself right now. <laughs> No, I think about that all the time, though, and it's horrible. It's where just like when someone's really good at like my roommate is really good at painting and um, she does it. She makes little cards, just watercolor cards and for people's birthdays or whatever. And um, it's great. They're so adorable. And they're like, you know, handmade and really, really nice. And like watching her do it for a while, I was like, I don't know, you could probably sell those. And it's just like, what? Why? This, there is no reason that has to be the end game to painting cute cards. <laughs> no, there's really no reason. Ugh. Oh, man. Ah, capitalism. Money is speech. Yeah. Well, so, so I would say that chess uh, sort of sits on the opposite end of that, right? I think one attraction to chess for a lot of people is that it's, you know, it's a game so far removed from all those things. Like, there's not a lot of money to be made in chess unless you're like no. Magnus Carlsen or, you know. There's not a lot of 
honestly, there's really not a lot of impact to be had in chess. Yeah. Well, I mean, Bobby Fischer really chess. captured the American imagination, I guess. Yeah, that's like your best case scenario. Yeah. Well, until you go you know? like kind of crazy like, like Bobby Fischer. But... And then you disappear. Yeah. yeah. So, so like that's like your best case scenario. <laughs> right. So but, but that's the point, right? Is that it it is pursued simply for the joy of the game. Um this yes. the deep logic and and the very fact that uh chess can't lighten up is like the fact that makes it something that you can really so like uh what's a, what's a good example? I don't know. Like just say you love football, for instance. Um or basketball. Sure. Maybe a better example because I don't want to talk about concussions. Um, okay. So Great. let's say you love basketball and just like everything about the game is just like you really feel like uh, you're your best self and uh, it's it's really um, just a pursuit that you're into every single day. Like yes. there, like basketball is also kind of sexy, right? Like you know you're gonna get some muscles. Um, people are gonna like be interested in your skill and ability, and there's a ton of money to be made if you're actually good enough to be in the NBA. So there's always yeah. this kind of thing floating around you, saying like, you know, if you get a little better, like there there is the urge to monetize your basketball skills, and that, I mean it's not really an option in chess. I mean, I, I I imagine there is a subculture where like within that subculture you're a freaking rock star, but like yeah, and it's like oh you're making fifty thousand dollars a year now, good work, you made it in the chess world. So that's the thing. This like, is all just a guess. I have no idea how much like a chess master can make in a year. I think I think you do well if you're in the top top ranks. Um, you're not a millionaire or anything, but like you do pretty well. People are really excited about Magnus Carlsen. He's a, uh, I think he's very good looking. I think is the other thing, which is always uh, that's the um, the objectification counterpoint to monetizing. It's like also they're hot, which is I think another thing I feel like we bring up maybe too much. Oh, I. You know who he really looks like. Who's that? He kind of looks like. Do you ever watch that show, Workaholics? Um, I've seen it. He looks like the really broy one. Okay. You know what I mean? I think people are into bros, right? I don't oh, understand. Yeah. No, he really you know is. What I mean? And now you can't unsee that. <laughs> wow! Look at him with his small face. You see, man, he looks like somebody I dated who I kind of can't stand. All right. Well, so then that's. Uh... Yeah, he's not. <laughs> You're biased. He's not. I don't care for him. Well, and also imagine, <laughs> I imagine that in the chess world. That I feel is... like I've moved on from that type of, from that type of good luck. <laughs> not really into chess masters anymore. <laughs> not really into chess masters anymore. What mostly, can I say? Mostly I date chess playing computers now. <laughs> Wait, how old is he? Is he 16? Because then I'll feel bad. <laughs> no, he's 24. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I mean, so yeah, I guess you're right. There is a, uh, there is a world in which, uh, in that in that little culture, you are kind of a rock star, and uh, yeah. obviously evidenced by Magnus Carlson's little smirk in his uh, press photo. Yeah. Also, his name is Magnus, and that's got to be going for him. He's Norwegian, but still, Magnus. It's a great like name. the Roman emperor. I like Come it. On. I don't know. Or was he, was Magnus a Roman emperor? I don't know. He was a Roman bigwig, that's for sure. Oh, uh, just the biggest wigs. He had so much hair, <laughs> so much wig. <laughs> Uh, ooh, that's a great Halloween costume. I'm gonna note that. Just wear so a giant wig. wig. Say you're a big wig. <laughs> that's yeah, fun. Pretty good. That's fun. All right. Oh. Um, but yeah. So I guess I feel like that. I think attracts a lot of people to it. Right? Is that it's it's purely love of the game, and it's sort of impenetrable, and so it is sort of somewhat shielded from the lure of monetization or whatever. Um, and it has a sort of you know, you want to say pure logic because I think that's the way it's like portrayed a lot, but I don't think it does. 
in in you know as i look into chess it's like it is a lot of memorization i think it's just a very complex game it's like a system that's so complex that it starts to seem magical you know what i mean it's any technology yeah. that's sufficiently advanced so as to seem like magic that's what chess is <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean I can't see – I personally can't see spending an afternoon watching people playing speed chess. Uh, but there are people out there who can. That's true. <laughs> but what, what is a game you would spend an afternoon watching people play? Do we need to get into this? Oh, right. Twitch. <laughs> I've been having a real Twitch phase lately. So there's a lot of games I would spend an afternoon watching someone play. Yeah, but it's different because a video game is a multimedia experience. Um yeah. Even if it is just, you know, whatever, it's someone just like grinding to a get a big part of experience. that is like, oh, flashing lights. Yeah. Yay! Exactly. And and that doesn't exist in chess. And but like it does not exist in chess. But like there's such a rich history of like people who get so much respect for being good at chess. And I think that's what confounds me is that like we are still giving people so much cred, but also kind of making fun of them a little bit for playing <laughs> chess. Well they're like nice. for example. For example, there's this uh, Spanish master who wrote the rule book on chess, or one of them. You know, his name is Rui Lopez de Segura. Is that how you say that? I don't know. Sure. S-E-G-U-R-A. Um, I don't know Spanish. But anyhow, so I was like, okay, what the heck does like a Spanish master or like any chess master, like what did they do back in the day? Um, and he was just like an upper class guy. You know, he just he just had like tons of money, came from a really moneyed background. He mm -hmm. became a bishop and he's like, what do I do with my time? I guess I'll play chess. Right. Well, so it's like it's like this badge of like, oh, I'm so rich. I don't have to work. I can just play chess. Well, exactly. And I think a lot of our uh, things we give people respect for are actually ways to um, uh, sort of uh, flaunt your, your wealth, essentially, or your power or something like that. Um, you know, I mean basically uh, very learned people had to be wealthy in the past uh because otherwise you would just spend every day farming or something it would be very hard to read who is the time uh yeah or i think very wealthy people had to be learned uh well i don't know do you think that's true maybe yeah because what else are you gonna do <laughs> screw around uh, that's also a technique that was used to waste your life as a rich person in the 1500s. I like the idea that uh, you're just like, well, got a lot of time. I don't know. I guess we could do whatever. Uh, anyway. You guys want to have an orgy or yeah. what? <laughs> Load up. Um, but even like Marquis de Sade was an author. Right. Well, no, I think you fill the time. Like, everyone fills the time. Um, yes. And it's just that the ways that you can choose to fill the time uh, when you aren't, like, struggling to survive are, uh, you know, they have an air of luxury to them. And so whether that's chess or writing or, um, you know, <laughs> I want to say being a doctor, but I don't know about that one. Uh, I think our modern conception of doctor is very different than it was uh, hundreds of years ago. Yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I could see chess being one of those where it's like it's uh, OK. Oh, yeah, OK. Oh, so I got it. Right. It's like. Okay. Um, so, you know what they say about peacocks, right? With those uh, 
uh, gosh, there's a word for that, and I'm totally forgetting it now. It's like a disadvantageous uh, evolutionary adaption. So it's like you evolve a thing that is actually makes it more difficult for you to live um, because you're essentially showing off that I am so fit that even though I have this giant tail, I am still able to uh, live my life. Like I have survived with this giant crazy tail that makes me easy to spot. Therefore, I must be very fit, which is why all the female peacocks are or the peahens are into me. Uh, so maybe chess is one of those. It's just like, I got so much wealth and power that I can spend all my time playing this dumb game. <laughs> I mean, this is the same reason why powdered faces were really in, in like Elizabethan or, um, Europe, right? Cause it shows like, oh, I never in the sun because I don't have to work. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. Um, it is interesting. Um, but still (laughs) i guess this comes back to me being really judgmental about like what are you doing with your life what's your plan what are you doing to advance society Uh, yeah i don't know what are you doing with your life are you just gonna like sit here (laughs) i'm i think i'm doing something to advance society and i think you are too oh good podcasting no okay (laughs) this is this is our chess right here (laughs) it's conversational chess right now i have the initiative Man, and you know what else I am sick of? Let me just go off Hang on, on Sorry, chess. Sorry, I'm going to use my initiative to bring us to a break. Okay, great. Back in a moment. You rolled initiative. Podcast. And we're back on the Doom to Fail podcast. So uh, I mentioned initiative right as we were leaving, and uh, you know it's a chess term, right? Have you have you you know this? Oh, really? Yeah, I know it as a Dungeons and Dragons term. It but is literally the only on. thing we each know about is Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, and I know so much about it. <laughs> it's just oh, the system of rules makes a lot of sense. Oh, it's so comforting. <laughs> it's like it's it's storytelling narrative, but also there are rules. Thank God. But you know, I think like I think there are people who feel the way about Dungeons and Dragons that we feel about chess. They're like, I feel like I'm supposed to be getting more out of this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think maybe. Um, well, okay. So one thing that has really uh, helped me sort of start to pierce the the impenetrable uh, husk of chess uh, to get the delicious fruit inside is. Um, the concept of initiative. So white goes first in chess, right? Yes. And the very frustrating thing about chess, which I think is why we have all these weird little rules, like the en passant rule and the pawn can move twice and castling and all these things that like aren't part of the standard set, um, is that in chess you can move one piece, one move in a turn. That's your turn. And so when you're trying to set up, you know, a lot of strategy, strategy in like um, sort of uh, whether it's other strategy games or it's uh whatever um war or well battles i guess or whatever it, it all consists around doing a couple of things at the same time or you know like distract him over here while you do this thing or like you know mm-hmm. come at him from both sides or uh you know whatever and you can't do that in chess you just put your piece there and you hope he doesn't you know hope he gives you enough time uh to set up your other half of your strategy or something and right. so the way that you can make sure that happens is you take the initiative, which is your driving play. So when you move your piece, he has to react to your movement um, or else leave uh, leave himself open to attack or something. Sure. The chess equivalent of the bum rush. Uh, isn't the bum rush like when you kick somebody out? You're just like, ah, get out of here. Get out of here. 
Is that not it? Or No, I think it's when you, you rush them. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're just being like, come on, come on, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly yeah. so. Like, it, you can effectively take two turns at once if I move one piece and that piece forces another turn, but also sets up something that I wanted. Then move my yeah. other piece. Now I've got both pieces where I want them, and so that's initiative. Is your sort of driving play? And white sort of starts with it because they get the first move. But um, you know, there's all these opening tactics which are you know convoluted. That uh, it's sort of black's job to neutralize that initiative to to start. Um, and so. Yeah, I guess I just feel like that's something that's like helped me start to get a little deeper in to why chess is valuable, like what 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 makes sense about it, I guess, is that like, oh, it's a game about moving around this abstract thing called the initiative, at least for portions of the game. That's what it's about. Yes. Yeah, um, I know. I think here's a problem that I have with chess is I feel like it places a lot of value and because you win if you are good at a certain type of thinking, which requires a certain type of intelligence, like a very specific form of intelligence. And I feel like overvaluing, like, oh, if you're good at chess, you're really smart, really undervalues mm. other types of intelligence. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. So let's talk about this a little. And I find that frustrating. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like what you're saying. And I think I, I agree, which is why we are doing this show in our traditions that we feel like we should get more about, uh, Ark, is that um, I feel like uh, chess is, yeah, it, it's like one of those overvalued things that like, oh, it means he's smart more so it's a signifier right we use that as a like oh he's learned um yes even though like you and i are both quite learned uh all in all i mean we're no geniuses uh and no. I, would, I would say we're far from wise but you know what <laughs> we're, we're doing better than 99 percent of people who have ever lived as far as knowledge accumulated um <laughs> low bar but we're doing it we're doing it you and me Catherine. um and and but we you know aren't good at chess we don't really get it uh and so I guess it's just, is it one of those just like, is it outdated? Is that what it is? Is that like something we used to use when we had fewer indicators? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think so. I would say, all right. So I have a, a, a sort of mean theory that I I work from. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so I've got some gossipy theories. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like, so, you know, when you say... um uh you know there's kind of the stereotypical stereotype of like you know an old jewish mother or something saying like oh you gotta marry a doctor or a lawyer you know or who oh, he's a doctor you know like there is um there is something like just that says oh they're very smart and and obviously wealthy from uh these uh these positions they have these professions that they practice um and as I, you know, I, I kind of believe that, like, oh, doctors and lawyers, those are, like, really intense people, and they're real smart and everything. And um, sure. when, when, as I was growing up, and then now that I'm at an age where a lot of people I know are doctors and lawyers, um, it's just sort of normalized it for me. It's not that, like, you know, like, oh, they're all idiots, but it's just kind of more like, oh, yeah, well, I know them. They're smart. They're fine. Like, it's all fine. Uh, and so I think doctor, lawyer, all those sort of professional uh, positions being seen as like, oh, well, they're very wealthy and stable. I think those are a little outdated. I, I don't, it doesn't feel to me like that's the world we live in anymore, wherein the best, most stable, best paying jobs are, you know, professional degrees like that, whether it's an MD or uh, um, a... Yeah, that is not, yeah, that is not my understanding of how the world works anymore. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, it seems like if you're really just chasing money, it's like, oh, he's a hedge fund manager or something. Um, yeah. 
Exactly. And then, yeah, I mean, as far as just like things that say they're geniuses, I think we, I tend to be like, well, oh, that's really interesting. I tend to think, you know, theoretical physicist or, um, yeah, someone who's like exploring the depths of what it means to be uh, human or it means to be in this world or, you know, like a neuroscientist mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, radio lab people. <laughs> yeah, people who are interviewed on radio lab, not including <laughs> Carl Zimmer, who seems very smart, but he is not a scientist. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I don't exactly. know why I just dug on Carl Zimmer. I just I don't know why I re- either. But I really like Carl Zimmer out. and I wanted to mention him and I did it in a negative way accidentally. <laughs> But, but let's move on. <laughs> so here's what's interesting is um, I think something else, though, that I tend to think about those people uh, is that they are um, they are not wealthy. Like I tend I've now split, you know, people who are geniuses of some kind and wealthy people. And those are different people in my head. Uh, the professions. Right. They don't mm-hmm. they, they aren't like, you know, savvy business people. They're theoretical physicists. They sit and they think, you know, or um, whatever. Yes. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. Is there anything there? I just, I, I'd never made that split before where it was just kind of like, huh. Yeah. You really can't make as much money being smart right now. Well, I like to think it's a temporary thing. Mm, I don't know. I, I don't know that you've ever been able to make money being smart. I think just money used to beget time and maybe the uh, advent of the middle class uh, allowed us enough time to let lots of people be smart, um, but not necessarily be that wealthy. Hmm. Just a thought. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's depressing. Okay. Yeah. Well, this this folds back into chess, though, because it's like, I think we we have left chess in that group of people who are very smart, but aren't necessarily big money makers or rock stars or whatever. But they're not, again, I don't feel like they're the type of intelligence that I value. I'm saying we left them there. I'm not saying we just oh. left it as an all-purpose indicator for real smart. But uh, Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So what what kind of intelligence does it take to play chess? Like strategic intelligence, like like a kind of really cutthroat, um, like five steps ahead intelligence. Mm-hmm. So a, a couple of things there. And, and a ruthlessness. A ruthless. Ru- <laughs> yeah. It's, no. I, Catherine, it's real. still a game. I mean, like you play the win the game. Like still. you're saying that sometimes you prefer games where like sometimes it's OK to just be nice to people. Be like, I'm not going to try that hard this time. Yes. Uh, actually, I think this is a key difference between you and me playing games because I am perfectly fine with the game with no ending. Mm. Um, like I, I, Yeah, I, I don't play on PvP servers <laughs> when I'm playing games. Um, uh, you know, I like games where we help each other out. I like cooperative games. I like cooperative games, too. They just have to have endings. <laughs> I value narrative arc. Um I yeah. Know you do. So, um, that's interesting. Ruthless. Okay. So, but as far as strategic thinking and all that, uh, how do you match that with the fact that chess is a mostly solved game, which is to say that a computer, um, given a set of, um, given a position on the board can more or less play a quote perfect, um, game for both sides all the way through to whoever wins, you know, like they can predict think- the finish from the beginning. I think two things. I think it one validates what I was saying about ruthlessness. And two, I think that it makes that type of intelligence less useful. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay. So let's... Because let's... a computer can do it faster. <laughs> let's pull out uh, Ruthlessness for a second. Um, so if they... So like the whole five steps ahead thing, like I think we might be able to just say that level of strategic thinking is... Um, it is a lot of studying because it's i 
have learned all the rules and all the like tricky movements that work here and the strategies that work really well here. Um, and yeah, sometimes you come up with a brilliant one, but I think in the heat of the game, tech, typically you're drawing on your knowledge of what has happened in the mm -hmm. past. And then mm -hmm. your, your sort of new things you come up with, yeah, I mean, that's probably just when you're sitting and thinking about it or playing practice or whatever. Um, yeah. And then the other thing, which is one reason I'm very bad at chess, is the thinking five steps ahead. Is that like you just kind of have to sit there and kind of think it all out. And you're like, if I do this, I'll do that. If I do that, then I'll do that. Okay. Um, and I think both of those just require a lot of persistence. And maybe that's the ruthlessness you're talking about is this idea of just like, I want to win this game so bad that I'm going to take time outside of the game to think about the game and read up on possible moves. And then during the game, instead of like, I think you and I like to play social board games where you're sort of just sitting and chatting with your friends and, yeah. you know, you're into the game, but like, it's okay to just think about your friends for a little bit. I think mm -hmm. in the game for chess, you really, you have to sit and focus on the actual moves you could be making, even while the other guy's playing, especially if it's time to chess. How is that a game? How is that a game still? <laughs> this is my question. It's a game because it's a set of rules uh, in which uh, more than one agent plays against... Uh, play against each other um with uh, an outcome that um has a reward or a disreward for someone it is a game <laughs> this sounds more like a process yeah well, like that too. A procedure than a game All right but you can enjoy procedures as well how about cooking like cooking you can enjoy game. anything yeah. yeah you're right you can enjoy anything but you don't have to enjoy everything <laughs> All right, so it sounds like uh, we've we've both fallen into uh, a, a classic position here on Doom to Fail, which is I feel from the culture that they are accusing me of something, and thus I am very <laughs> defensive of the fact that I don't feel that way. The old Doom to Fail standard. The old Doom to Fail. Yep, <laughs> living up to our namesake. Um, so do you think you could see yourself enjoying chess? Like, if if you were to, you know, just play long enough, maybe you had like a grandpa or something who like wanted to teach you the rules, and it was a good quality yeah. time thing for that. Do you think there you could get into that? There is a circumstance under which I would learn to enjoy chess. Okay. I had an elderly family member who has six months to live and has asked. Hang on. This, as is, like, this isn't real, right? This is a story? No. Okay. This is this is not real. Okay, good. And has asked me to play chess with them every day after work or whatever for two hours. Oh, Tuesdays with Maury here. No, it's not Tuesdays. It's every day of the week. Oh, it's right. seven days a week. <laughs> At five o'clock, I show up and play chess for two hours. Wow. And I think at the end of six months, I would learn to like chess. So, yeah. All right. I think I think we both sort of landed there, which is like, I think I could get something out of that. But there's a really high um, energy, activation, activation energy. energy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're just not going to do it because there's a lot of things in the world and whatever. Because video games, I guess. <laughs> The world's lowest activation energy. <laughs> lights, lights, lights. Oh, pretty flashies. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, yeah. No. All right. Yeah. I think I'm about in the same place where it's like, I, I think I'm a little more. I played uh, a chess game with a roommate once. Like we would just have the chessboard out and we'd make a move every once in a while. And um, mm -hmm. it took like six months. And uh, well, because you're like, ah, I could think about my move. Eh, or I could play video games. Um, but uh and yeah, I enjoyed it. So I think I'm a little more partial to just like, yeah, I don't know. We could just play chess. Sure. But you're, I mean, you're a little bit more open to everything ever. Fair enough. Classic Doom to I Fail. Um, Classic Doom to Fail. But and, and so so then we think uh, to finally sum up, um, we think that the reason that it is a, uh, a, a great tradition that we are supposed to learn about, but um, maybe we don't, uh, is because it's just so convoluted that it's sort of it. You have to. 
basically people admire that you've put in the activation energy when you do. So when someone else puts in that activation energy, they're like, wow, they put in the activation energy. All right. Pretty good. Like, that's why it's like seen as like a great thing to pull out of. All right. Yeah, I guess I could take that perspective, <laughs> she said, with like the least positive tone of voice The ever. culture is telling you things. <laughs> oh, Tim. Yeah, I don't know. Yes. It's all I right. don't know. I don't know. I've landed on, I, that's where I've landed. I've landed on like chess. I could get something out of it. It might even be good to practice thinking that way because it's good to practice things. But I don't know if I'm going to do it on chess. <laughs> yeah, isn't there like a like a, a video game thing I could learn instead? There's that laser makes chess. Like this? That's what I played. You ever play laser huh. chess? No, is, that, is it like a laser board? Is it three-dimensional chess? What? So, laser chess is a game that is just like chess, except uh, I think there's an extra file um so there's one extra like column and there's a laser gun there <laughs> and uh every piece has a different way that they can deflect or diffuse or do something to the laser um and so you are playing chess because the game is still about chess but at any time you can take your turn to shoot your laser and um you're also trying to set up your board such that like this pawn will actually reflect the laser and he won't realize that. And he'll actually hurt his own guy when he shoots the laser. Um, that sort of thing. Oh, that's kind of, that's a fun twist. Yeah. It's a reduction of activation energy. <laughs> it's like, Oh, that's kind like of fun it. and cool. Yeah. And I can bring that in without having to think too much <laughs> because yeah, I can think yeah. about lasers. My favorite. <laughs> well, fun. Well, fun. I think, <laughs> Uh, maybe that brings us to the end of this podcast. We're going to go, uh, what do you think? Maybe just learn some games that are really, really easy to learn and fun to play. I was going to go grocery shopping. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that's fine. Anyway, that's Captain Kogart over there. Tim Dobbs right on over here. Bye.